This is episode number two with Executive Director of the Young Chances Foundation, Tyreek Glasgow. Welcome to the We Love Philly podcast. My name is Carlos Aponte, a Philadelphia school teacher whose mission is to promote volunteerism throughout the city of Philadelphia and help put the brotherly love back into the city of brotherly love. Each week, my students and I bring you a person or organization that is making Philly a better place. Thanks for spending some time with us, and let's dive in. Pele once said, success is no accident. It is hard work, perseverance, learning, studying, sacrifice, and most of all, love of what you are doing or learning to do. Anthony Hamilton once said, I learned patience, perseverance, and dedication. Now I really know myself, and I know my voice. It's a voice of pain and victory. Welcome everybody to the We Love Philly podcast. We want to start off today with a little bit of housekeeping. I feel like a real official podcast because I get to say that I'm going to start over with housekeeping. We want to take a second to thank our audience for understanding. The last couple of weeks, our sound quality hasn't been the best. The nonprofits that we serve are usually extremely busy as a service to them. We have been traveling to the actual site instead of our school for the interview. I can't say that it feels like work because I usually ride my bicycle to these places and it's extremely fun for me but we thank all of our listeners for their patience and understanding we know that the echo isn't the best sound quality we actually have been working on remedying this problem with future partnerships that are in the works that we will announce after I return from my actual honeymoon, which is something that we wanted to tell our listeners as well. I get married on August 9th to my beautiful wife. We're already married. We, we got married earlier in the summer to save our date. We've been dating since high school. So to save our anniversary, we got married already, but we're going to have our ceremony with all of our beautiful, loving family and friends. And then we're actually going to go on our honeymoon for two weeks after that. So we wanted to let all of our listeners know that from August 9th to August 23rd, we won't have any episodes. We ask everyone to use that time to binge listen to our podcast, to listen to all of our episodes before. We would love any sort of feedback. We appreciate people commenting and letting us know about the sound quality. Some of the students I actually teach graduated today. Today was high school graduation. It was awesome to see them graduate and not as many students have been at school for summer school. So we're looking forward to a lot of new changes coming up in the We Love Philly program in the fall. On this episode today, like I mentioned, we have Tyreek Glasgow, three things that we talked about in this episode, how being shot 11 times and doing time in prison put Tyreek on the road to reinventing himself. Really powerful, the story of Tyreek and what we're going to get into this week. Really, really inspirational. One of the best interviews I've done thus far. I was on the edge of my seat the entire interview, just soaking it all in because just being in the presence of Tyreek was an honor. I feel super blessed and inspired to continue the work that dream about doing. We also talk about how stereotyping in our own communities is the root of the trauma that is being produced and recycled. And we talk about how poverty can be solved when communities come together, realize what is theirs, and take care of their own space. If you would like to learn more about the Young Chances Foundation, you can follow them on Facebook, Young Chances, which is two words. You can also follow them on Instagram at Young Chances Foundation. If you would like to volunteer for Young Chances Foundation or reach out to Tyreek 
or donate to their nonprofit, their email is youngchancesfoundation at gmail.com. If you want to follow what we're doing at the We Love Philly program, you can follow us on Instagram at We Love Philly on Facebook at We Love Philadelphia. If you would like for us to come and volunteer for your organization, you can email us at C A P O N T E at One Bright Ray, spelled out like One Bright Ray of Sunshine, at OneBrightRay.org. We appreciate it if you share this so we can keep spreading the love all throughout Philly. We also wanted to let people know that this episode is a little longer than the usual 30 minute running time for our episode. So, in order to respect your time, we decided not to do the Just My Thoughts segment at the end of the podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode with Tyreek Glasgow. I'm joined today with Executive Director of the Young Chances Foundation, Tyreek Glasgow. How are you? Doing good. How are you? I'm great. I have the greatest of privileges of sitting in the Young Chances Foundation, which is at 2701 Tasker Avenue. My students and I actually got the opportunity to volunteer for the soft opening for the foundation. We had a great time. We got to mingle with the community. We got to help clean up. We got to take a tour of what the foundation's going to look like. We got to play some video games, which we appreciate you for bringing that video game truck. That was, that was awesome. We had a really good time. And yeah, we got a chance to listen to all the stories from community members about you, which were very inspiring. So what is the Young Chances Foundation? It's a community group that was started to bridge the gap between some of the poverty issues, some of the mental health issues, some of the programs that a lot of our kids and seniors don't uh, be aware of, just to highlight them and, and enhance some of the services that we have. It started about seven years ago with me and uh, my young guys from the community, Nasir, who was uh, murdered a couple years ago. Sorry to To get them on the football team, they want to play flag football, and it just you know, turned into something bigger than yeah. I expected. But, you know, God's plan is always the best. Yeah. I'm just fortunate enough to, to continue doing them. Yeah. So what got you into working with the youth? Why Why young people? I grew up with my grandma and my mom. It's seeing a lot of the challenges that our community face, how to, you know, provide without them going through some of the, you know, the red tape of the schools. And just for them to lay out worthy some of the resources and services that's out there to be just on, on the same playing field or yeah. on the same table. So, so what was that moment when it clicked? You said you didn't understand it when you were younger. It's it's funny you said that a lot of my students are in the same mindset. They don't see that being of service to other people is a secret there. Like all of the puzzle pieces start to fit together once you start be helping others and putting others first, which... I know a lot of students don't understand, like try to put someone else first, but usually that happens if you put yourself first and got yourself in order and then you're able to help other people. So when, when was that moment when it clicked for you? And then, you know, honestly, it was small clicks throughout my life, but I didn't want to pay attention to them. It was a click when I got shot. It was a click when I went to jail. I shot 11 times in my head, back click and arms. I stabbed a bullet in my back of my head and my hands. And that's how my tooth was just in the gas that was on top of me and shot me. That was a click, so to say, but it, it also pride played a lot of role in the decisions that I made. Like you know what's right and wrong. You yeah. know, you know, what to do and not to do sometimes and and we take the easy way out, you know, and it's so different from myself. Like I, I always could 
network and, and build with people, but it was in a negative growing up, you know, selling drugs and being in the street, that type of, you know, collaboration only leads to death or jail. And, yeah. you know, I was fortunate enough to get out of both situations, you know, and still be here because I've been in jail and I've been shot. So now it's like showing that that's there. There's no doubt about it that you can go to jail, you will be shot. But the flip side of it is like if you give yourself a chance, like if you give yourself an opportunity to see your own work, you know, it's not what the schools didn't do for you or what the police officers are doing or what the politicians aren't doing. It's like, what am I doing for myself? Like, what am I doing to make sure that I'm able to even receive these things, that I'm able to even, you know, acknowledge that I need those type of services. A lot of times we don't accept our failures because yeah. I think that our, our pride is in the way. If I, I mean, you know, I, I can read, but I don't, I don't read on a college level. You know, some people can't read at all, but they won't accept that to not say, hey, I need to go to a literacy paper. I need to go to a reading program. I need to try to get my GED because majority of people in the neighborhood probably can't read. Yeah. So let me fit into this circle. Let me just be comfortable around the environment and situation I am in. Far too many times it's the failure of our own self. So when the opportunity comes to change, we don't want to take it because we've been living our life a certain way. For for me, it was thirty years. You know, yeah. like I was in the streets. I was doing things that was normalized. Was I was comfortable doing it? Yeah. I was comfortable being sort of see the guy or he cool, he got it. Yeah. But inside and emotionally, I don't have it. You know, I'm not that guy that I want to be. I'm not doing what God has placed me in this world to be. Like, blessed to not die from being shot and blessed to not get a life sentence. But there is also a problem because I'm not taking the benefits of being blessed, of being here. And that's what I try to do with Young Chances. Like, here's an opportunity for you to show yourself the world. Like, you wake up in the morning, you question, what am I going to do? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Here's an opportunity. Here is a program, here is a resource, here is something for you to say, well, let me connect that dot, you know, let me try to make this happen, build that puzzle, you know, yeah, let's, exactly. let's start connecting some things to make it work. And I try to use myself as a, a model for the people and the kids can see, like, if Tyree can do it, anybody can do it. And that's not gloating on myself, but I'm from a single mother who had some mental health issues, had, had a little sister didn't have a father, grandma raised, grandma passed away when she was, you know, so that's normal. What's not normal is seeing a young black man take the lead in mental health and understand that you need counseling, that domestic violence is not the answer to a poor relationship with women. Like those are the things that I want to highlight as a community. Those are the issues that we can address and become a better one. Yeah. I have so much respect for what you're doing. I teach at 64th and Elmwood in Southwest Philly. The community is very similar to around here. I've rode my bicycle here, so I actually had some extra time to go through <laughs> everywhere. And I was like, oh, okay, this, this seems just like Southwest Philly. I love that you said, even though you were living a life that could be seen as dangerous and risky, you still had some sort of level of comfortability, which stopped you from changing, but also 
that you didn't think at the time you had a problem. And when you can't admit that you have a problem, just like you said with some people, they might not be on a high reading level, but they can't admit that they have a problem so they can't see the solution. Is that the purpose of Young Chances? You're doing it in the community so you have that relatable story so they can still get out of their comfort zone and still grow. I talk about two things, um, images and ownership. We see what we want. Um, and as a community, like we see violence, we mm -hmm. see truancy, we see fights, we see drugs, we see those things. So we own that, you know, and, and it's not glorifying that, but when you talk about death, that's something that we own. We have to fix this, we have to do this. You know, you talk about poor school, we own that. Oh, our school is not this, but owning the fact that reading can start in the house or bedtime story. Yeah. You know, communicating. A lot of arguments start because we can't talk, you know, and, and talking is one of our senses. So if you're talking to somebody they can't understand, the next resort ain't to touch them. Yeah. And ain't to feel as though they disrespected you emotionally. That's one sense. Shouldn't overlap. Fix the talking part. Fix how you communicate. And then you will see that your feelings and your mental changes also. Then you won't have to touch. Or the touch may be a hug because now you're saying, hey, let me embrace you this way because I'm not understanding you wasn't disrespecting me. You wasn't trying to play me. This wasn't a situation that had to go farther. You know, farther, part of the time we assume the negative because we're in the environment of failure. We're in an environment where being beneficial from negative outcomes is not there. You know, like who makes it out of the ghetto? People think that you have to die through the jail or win the lottery to get out of here. You have to be patient with yourself. Yeah. You have to say, you know what? This is going to be a rough road, but I know how to navigate this. I understand that I don't have a boat to go in the water. I have a car. I have to drive. If I don't have the materials or the resources to take that journey, don't go that route because I'm going to fail. And we don't acknowledge that, hey, I don't have the tools to read. I don't have the tools to write. I don't have the tools to communicate. So let me not do that now. Let me fix how I communicate. Let me fix how I'm talking, how I'm comparing, how I'm showing myself to people because perception is key. If I see you trying, I'm not worried about that because I know he's trying to fix it. But if I see you blatantly disrespecting yourself, I know you're bleeding away from me. And as a community, we see and we stereotype the young men and women that school is failing them. They ain't gonna be enough to stand up so we say, they just gonna be like everybody else. But what about that one Tyree? Yeah. What about that one person who made it out that we couldn't help? We could have gave that opportunity to get over it, to stand outside of the crowd and say, you know what? Every officer isn't bad. Every school isn't, you know, driving down everybody. No, like we have some after school programs that are out here. We have some politicians that really want to help us. Yeah. We have some law enforcement that really understand the volume of policing. Doesn't help to have to be locking people up. Don't. It reminds me, I was reading an interview that was done with you and uh, something that struck my heart. And I actually was talking about it today in class. Uh, you said, a lot of time you look in the mirror and you say, why me? Why do I have to go through this? Why not? 
Why not be in this situation and pull yourself out? Why not be the one to show somebody that it's possible? And it reminded me today as I was teaching, there's a poem by a, a man, I can't think of his name, but he says, I wish that in your time of darkness and loneliness that I can show you the light that's inside of you. And it reminded me of your quote when I read that because you're taking the thing that could possibly make you the victim, right? A lot of my students, they have that victim mentality. Like, why did this happen to me? And I love your, your perspective of it. It's not, it happened to me. Like, why not me? This happened for me. I'm supposed to overcome this and I'm supposed to use this to then influence maybe other people so it doesn't happen to me. So now it didn't happen to me, it happened for me. And, and sometimes situations that you seem or you feel as though are negatively impacting you, you have to sometimes take a step back and be like, what else would I be doing? Where else would I have been? You know, it's a couple of people in my life that, you know, as family, as, you know, just business partners and things like that, you're like, I really don't like that person. I really can't work. But for you, it's, are you communicating right? It's easy to point the finger at the problem. It's easy to yeah. say, yeah, that's a bad person. That's what you always good at saying. You don't understand that that person screams and hollers because they traumatized. Yeah. Because they have so much emotional stress on them that that's the only way that they can be heard. That's the only way they can be seen. Maybe that the people that are so much against you are coming to you because they see the change in you that they want. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and sometimes it's hard for me to accept that, but I, I know that it's bigger than a Tyreek is bigger than Young Chances, is bigger than Philadelphia. It's, it has to go with the mentality and the images that we place on each other. Like, who says that you are wrong and I'm right? Who's to say that I'm right and you're wrong? It, it, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. You know, the stereotypes hinders us because we assume the outcomes that we've already seen. You know, I was shot in South Philly on 26th Street. So people will assume that, oh, you don't change. You go and do that. I went to jail. So you come home, oh, you're going to be back. No, I'm not going back. Like, I know what it is inside of it. Like, when I was in jail, I watched my daughter grow up on pictures. Yeah. So our relationship now is, I have to build that up for the first five years where inside of doctors and the medical field, those are the most crushing years yeah. for a child. So for a father, I miss five to six years of that. I can't replace that. But the images that I tried to put in my daughter are, this is not going to be perfect, but this is who I am. I'm your father. I do right. I do wrong. But communication is key. How do we fix it? I don't have a handbook to be a father. I don't have a handbook to knowing this is what you say, how you say it. I, I can feel it. I know that maybe I come back and apologize, but I want to know what started it. How can I not go back down because I have a younger daughter? And you don't have to repeat that cycle. Your little sister is going to be 13. It's going to be 14. So I need to learn how to communicate with her growing up. Yeah. Not at your expense, but this is my first go around with a teenager. I don't have it. I work with them, but emotionally, you're my daughter. You're the one that looks at me like dad. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not Mr. Tyreek. I'm dad. And that's another plate that I have to fix to it's not for the community. It's not for the camp kids. It's for my daughter. Yeah.
that's some of the balance and some of the challenges that I try to tell some of the young boys too. Like, it's not always going to be your mom. It's not always going to be your grandma. It could be Miss Favors on the corner. It could be the one that you know that's in the neighborhood looking out for you. You respect them the same way yeah. because it's perception. How can we help students or young people recognize those types of love languages? They didn't get it in the household from mom or from dad. They didn't get that love language, but you have, like you said, that Mrs. Favors on the corner is trying to show you that love language. How do we break that? trust versus mistrust barrier with, with young people in our community? I, I would say consistency. I don't believe in a certain model. If you find a way to make some change, continue to do it that way every time. There's no handbook to changing pollution. There's changing marine murders and animals. There, there's none of that. They come up with a shot. They come up with a cure for something, but death is what it is. Yeah. How do you figure out yourself? Being consistent, you wake up every day, you get dressed the same way. How, are, how do you approach somebody that's doing that? How are you to re represent yourself and say, you know, Mr. Tyreek, he always come here, even though he, and I'll come back and I, you know what you did wrong? I'm telling you that you're going in the corner. And this is why, because I gave you a verbal, I made you write it down, still got much love for you, bro. But you're going to take the time out. So you can sit back and be like, hey, what should I be doing right now? You should be having fun. You should be participating in camp town. But right now, you're going to adjust yourself. I love you. I'm going to make sure you're cool. But what you're doing right here is wrong. And you consistently show them. So it's not pointing the finger. It's like, all right, Mr. Tyreek doesn't get mad at me for eating. He gets mad at me when I don't put my trash in the trash can. There's a difference. But knowing that he gets mad at me for eating, that's not it. The whole person goes through the whole situation. When you ask to get the food, you ate it, you cleaned up, you put it in the trash. So if you're having a bad day on that understanding, talk. Ask a question. Figure out how you can present yourself in a way where they can say, well, you know what? This student, I like every other student. This student isn't like none of them. This is a kid that wants to change, yeah. wants to try. And I try to get some of my volunteers, some of our staff members to understand that what we've been through, don't show them that. Yeah. Show them what we want to go through. Yeah. Consistency. Consistently show them that this is possible. I come from a house where there were tons of trauma as well. I realized, which I feel like you realize as well, that that trauma can stop with us. Yeah. Like based on our consistency, our actions over a long period of time, our families can see that and they can go, oh, I don't have to experience what grandma and grandpa did or what dad did because he changed. So it stops with him. And the same with our communities. If we're consistently out in the out in public, out in our community, and they're seeing that Carlos came from this community, Tyree came from this community, and he's changing, and now everyone's following him, and he can go anywhere in the neighborhood. He's not scared that something was, is going to happen to him because he's actually out being of service and helping people. And it's it's cool to watch that a child's mindset change to oh, I could do that too. And one of the rewarding thing is watching the kid catch himself. Yes. That, for me, it's not no grant, no program. When they say, oh, <laughs> when they say, no, no, it's not, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. For me, that's okay. And, and once you acknowledge, now we can start working. Now, when you say, oh, I did something wrong. Yeah. Now you understand, what am I have to do to change? And then the question comes, and now you know they want to learn. They want to learn. Yeah. We have 48 kids in our camp. A lot of our problems say they have child. They, no, I got them for six weeks. 
Let's figure out what we could do in those six weeks. I ask parents all the time, if there was one thing that you could change in this job when they come to camp, what would it be? A lot of them, I'm going to go change their anger. They, they, get, they get upset real fast. And for me, it's looking in the mirror. Yeah. Let's figure out how we become one. Because people don't look at a kid, they look at a neighborhood. Oh, that kid, they freeze here. Therefore, oh, let's walk together. Let's talk together. Let's do this program together. And now let's see how they talk. Now let's see how they stereotype. Because it's easy to point the finger, but when you look in the mirror and say, oh, this was the same community that we said they cared about each other. How do they put this program together? How do they run a camp for the whole summer? How do they give away food? How do they structure that up? Take a step back. You know what the problem is? We always fight over stuff that ain't ours. This is ours. Yeah. We don't have to fight over that. You want a job? You need your GED? Come to the house. A lot of people don't know that this house was ground zero for the drugs and shooting in the neighborhood. Flip it. The same people that were shooting, the same people were getting high. Now you need to get into a class. You need some probation help. Guess where you can come? That same space. But now it's, oh, we're not getting guns, we're not getting weed, we're not getting drugs. I get my ID. I get some childcare for my kids. I can wash some clothes. I can get a haircut. I can eat. Our councilman, our state rep, Johnson and Jordan Harris, Roxworks, they understand the poverty, the impact of the financial struggles that people get through. So they work with our organization, other organizations around South Philadelphia, Southwest, because it becomes a number game. Yeah. If I got six brothers and a camp, let's say it's two hundred dollars, I'm not gonna have twelve hundred dollars. And if she says the one kid, what the other five gonna do? Yeah. Or maybe she got three baby fathers, and the one baby father can afford. Because his kid is going to be ours. Yeah. But what the mother five kids look at? Oh, you better than us. Yeah. Now, inside the home, starts. there's aggression. Mm -hmm. There's issues going on. So when they come out, you got one little boy or one little girl who feels as though the world's theirs. But you got five kids that said, fuck the world. Yeah. And that's reality. I don't care about no cop. I don't care about no teacher. I don't care about no store owner. I don't care about because the people in my house don't even care about me. Exactly. Why should I listen to the teacher? Why should I listen to this director over here? Why should I not go in the store and take anything? Don't nobody care about me being hungry. Don't nobody care if I have fun or not. Don't nobody care. The only time they care is when I do something wrong and they said they're going to beat me and they're going to lock me up. All right. At least I can chill there. At least I can eat. At least I can do what I want to. I ain't got to worry about looking like a fool against everybody else. It's frustrating for me to see kids on the street during summer camp. Idle mind is the devil's play yard. If you don't have no time, if you're not structuring your time, if you're not doing it, the devil is going to work on you. And if a kid is four or five years old and they're riding around this neighborhood and they're five and they hear shoot shotguns, they hear shooting, they see people getting shot, stabbed, still is going on. What's in that kid's head? It's normalcy. This is it. Yeah. Oh, you get chased by the cops and everybody's going to give you hugs and clap you up. That's what I want to do because I'm faster than that guy. Yeah. But what if you run to that officer that's going to shoot? You don't have that story like that. Now we're marching for you. Now we're saying, well, this was unjust. But this child sees this every day. Who's going to point the finger at the community and say, y'all raised him this way. Y'all raised her this way. To say that, oh, the only time that we come out is when it get dark. Who does that? People who are not looking for structural activities or getting a job 
or their mental health is, is at risk yep. because they don't feel comfortable enough being around working people. The stories that are shared between the students are bragging about things that takes one wrong, like one wrong step to what you just did and you're going to end up dead or in jail, but you made it. So now you want to brag about it. And then it's just that glorification keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And yeah, it's heartbreaking. The solution is, is exactly what you're saying. It takes that village to raise the child. And it was cool. I told my students I was coming here today and I have a student who lives on 27th Street. And she's like, oh, you're going to that great man's house who, lives on, who, who fixed up that 27th Street house? I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, what's his name? What's his name? Ty's house. I was like, Tyrese. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's awesome. I can't believe that he's doing it from where we came from. I'm like, that's what it takes. And then we got into the conversation about it doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. It's the same thing. It happened for him. So he could be that light in a place and an environment where there's darkness. And if he could flip that mindset of the community and then we can all fix what it is that we have, like you were saying, that's what that's what changes the game. One of the movies that I, I like watching, it's called A Promise Tale. And Sonny and C, it was a scene where C, he kept chasing this guy for 20 hours. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so he said, what are you doing? What do you, what, why, why would you do this? He's like, he owes me $20 and, and I need to get, because, and, and if I don't get it, he's, so he said, he just lost a friend. You think $20, you don't have to worry about that guy anymore. Yeah. That's a done deal. For me, when I was a kid, watching it, I'm like, get your $20. Yeah. <laughs> you can't let him fuck you. You can't let yeah, him yeah, do that. Yeah. As I got older, and then when I was in the street, I thought, I don't even want the money. Yeah. My relationship with the other people is cool. I'm not going to chase you for nothing. I'm not going to do it. And that was a negative view. When I got older and I came home and I said, I said, what's the sense of arguing over anything? What's the sense of fighting over a block, a corner, some drugs, my pride? If they don't want to give me respect, if they don't want to have some patience with me. If they just stereotype, leave them alone. You don't have to chase love. You don't have to chase none of that. Cut it off and work on yourself. Yeah, that success is going to be that success best. It's going to be the best thing. Yeah. And I know that the situation he was running, the 20,000, but if you keep chasing behind something that's material, something that's not there, that's not going to benefit you, or you can benefit for that time, what you gonna do tomorrow? Mm-hmm. What you gonna do after it's gone? What's your worth after that? Yeah. What if he don't have a twenty dollars? What if when you catch him, he says, "I don't got it." What do you do then? Yeah. You find yourself worthless. His life ain't twenty dollars. Yeah. Your life is worth more than twenty dollars. If you gave that man something for twenty dollars, what could he give you? Probably advice. Probably some time. Loyalty, dedication, why he running? He probably been abused his whole life. Yeah. He probably goes around asking people for $20 because that's what he needs to buy his grandma medicine or to buy his money. He just don't know how to communicate. Why is he running? He know that you don't need the $20. He don't want what he knows coming to him. The abuse, the ag- aggravation, the aggressive. You take a step back and you say, you know what? I thought about a lot of the, the, the drug transactions, a lot of the interviews, and I said, you I'm not worried about them. I didn't lose anybody. I didn't lose anything on the street. I didn't, none of that. I could start an organization. I could do what I can do and, and, and be good. And each day I think about it. I'm like, don't let your emotions cloud your judgment. Because that becomes a problem for even as community leaders and 
and people in power is your emotion goes with the decision that you're making. And for me, I'm like, I'm on 27th Street. I was shot around her, the jail around her. Two of them, my best friends that we grew up, I seen, I watched grow up, were murdered in Chinese school. But what about the friends that I grew up with that got kids that seen us around here doing it? And still to this day say, well, my mom said when you was on, or I heard you got shot, or, or what happened to, wasn't you on Taney Street before? I heard you lived on Taney Street. Yeah. You did it. But what I'm doing now. Yeah. You know, I wasn't good at science. Got an F's and all that. That doesn't mean I hated school. That was a subject that I did not like. Math, you could not tell me anything. Went in the 24 program, played chess, did all those numbers there. But I still type the school ain't for me. Why not? No, certain situations aren't for you. Yeah. But learning is always for you. Exactly. But we don't put that on a plate for kids. If you fail one thing, you failed it all. Yeah. Some kids only look at school for, hey, let me go chill with Mr. Tyree because I know that that group is going to help me release some stuff. I love Mr. Crone's group, his class, because... He lets me vent. He lives after you're in school for eight hours, but you go home for 16 hours. All you hear is screaming, shit, yeah, fuck damn. You, you're not eating, you're stressed out. But Mr. Tyreek, oh, I go to Mr. Carl. They, they give me a 30 second scream session. And you can scream it out, but then for 30 minutes, we got to work. Yeah. We got to figure out how you could get your own home to get out of there. For me, big picture is it's not about the drawings, it's about the sketches. Big picture. What do you want? Now let's work on those sketches. Now let's work on those small drawings so you can get the big picture. You want a big house? You want a car? Cool. Let's work on reading. Yeah. Let's work on counting. Let's work on removing the barriers that that's going to take away from your chances to get that. Yeah, exactly. You got to start small, build up. Has to start small. Walk up that staircase one step at a time. That's just us growing up in general. We only see the Sunday night football, Kobe <laughs> crushing threes, but we don't see him in the gym for 20 hours a day. That's, shooting up. Shooting up, that's what you have well, to do. Fighting through the pain. Yeah. Like, understanding, like, all right, this is my weakness. This is what I have to do. Yes. I have to go over it. Like, for me, as a, an athlete, jumping wasn't one of my strengths. But what I could do was shoot. I could defend. That reminds me of that Einstein quote, if you judge a fit fish by the, its ability to climb a tree, the fish is going to grow up its whole life thinking it's dumb. So what would be then the big picture for Young Chances Foundation? If we could put small images in every community and schools for them to reflect on tomorrow. Like today you're going through something. But people could look at this building like, Man, I remember it's about tomorrow. It's not about today you're going through some stuff. If you could put something in West Philly, consistency to show the kids that it's going to be all right. We, we had some talks, you know, citywide about how do we change the culture of the gun violence in our community. And, and for me, it's changing how we see our partners. When you walk out of a school, majority of the times in rough neighborhoods, you'll see a police car. Yep. Or that's metal detectors on the way. Yeah. Those are issues that's not being spoke about, but yet you want the community to embrace police officers. You want kids to trust officers when they know that that officer is there because of fights, because you're in the wrong. When you walk out of Roman Catholic, it's not, not mm-hmm. when you walk to school of the future, but that's not there. The kids in our community know that if a police car is out there, Strategy-wise, we're going to have to walk two blocks away to get to our fight. Yeah. 
Like, they know this. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's not a... Be out there, but a block and a half away, you'll see 100 kids get into a fight. So for me, it's changing that. Why not when the kids walk out of the school, they see a library. They see a resource bed. A lot of kids, when they walk out, they walk them into problems. Have an answer at the door for them. Have something for them to say, you know what? I'm not going home to my mom who don't got no food in the refrigerator. I'm not going home to the grandma that's sick and can't get her medicine. Hey, this is research. Let me go over here and see what they got for me. I don't have to go steal out the Puerto Rican, the Dominican store, the supermarket, and things like that because I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm not a thief. I'm not a burglar. Like, I'm stealing food from me and my sister or my cousin or because my mom don't got it. Change what they see. There's a lot of cars that's around here. Look at the fire trucks, the ambulances. They carry dead bodies and people who are shot at the victims. Put some preventive stuff inside of them sometimes. The only time they're used is to carry trauma. They're reactionary. Bring prevention to them. Yeah. What's in the back of those ambulances when they're not being used? Majority of the shooting stuff happened in 48. Why from 11 or something, we do something positive? How the kids go around and, and you put CHOP in there, Will's Eye, WIP programs, all in it, and say, this is what it is. Before your child is laying in here with bullet holes, what do you need? A GED class? You need community triage. The same way we address the issues of death, there's a gunshot victim in our community, and it's called the Black community, the white community, Asian community, whatever community that it is, there's a problem. Fix it. Fix it before it happens. If you know you have a cold, what are the people? Oh, you better get some hard. You better get through something before it gets worse. We know that. Yeah, better start eating better. You better then start you won't eat. get the then cold. You're going to die in six at the age of sixteen because there is no. So let me put you on some programs at four. Yeah. Let me teach you about arithmetic, maths, like all those things before you even say, you know what? Screw school. How can we make it fun? How can we say, you know what? Every cop ain't bad. You know why? Because we had cops that came and they gave us stuff all the time. They gave us gift cards. They gave... Now, if we did wrong, we know what happened. That's reality. Like, every teacher only teaches. But if a kid disrespects Mr. Crow, we have pink slips. But you know what? I'm here to teach. I'm not here for all that disciplinary stuff. Police officers can be the same way. We're here to help. Yeah. If you know that these are the things that are challenging our community, regardless of what race, what background you're from, the opioids is happening. How do you deal with that? You don't have to fight through your feelings through a pill. Through shooting up an injection, that small feeling that you get for five seconds, you can have for the rest of your life knowing that tomorrow's gonna be better. Yeah. How can we make you feel good at all times? How can we make sure that you're not always hungry? You're not angry. Because if you feel good around your kids, how can we get you into a whole bunch of family programs? You go to some therapy first, you wanna talk about how you think you feel, but you didn't because everybody else failed too. There's millionaires who are billionaires who are terrible parents. Yeah. But because they have money, nobody's gonna say anything. And there's some parents who have nothing, nothing at all, but have more love than anybody, anything in this world. But you won't be able to show this. Oh, you're fine as you're unstable. We gotta take your children. You won't be able to provide yeah. them. What advice would you give someone young who might have been in a similar situation to you and maybe they had that awakening moment that this isn't the path I want to walk and maybe they want to start a nonprofit or do something in the community, what advice would you give them? Understand yourself. Understand your strengths. I always ask them, if you can give me something from yourself to make me better, what would it be? A 
That's almost my smile. That's good. Because now you know something inside of you that's working. Nobody can't tell you you're dumb, you ain't shit, you're bad, you're from this neighborhood. No. Because that's what they talk to our kids. You're gonna be just like your mother. Yeah. You're your piece of shit like your father. So if they already hear you cursing at them, you degrade them. Uh, the other man in their life is not enough that they look up to or their mom is a whore or this. You're you're doubting them like that. How are they gonna respect anything? In their head, this is how they feel. This is what you showed them. This is what you gave them. This is the plate that you said, this is your life. Look at me. No. I show them, you show them. Our organization showed them like, hey, your worth is bigger than what people have given you. Look inside yourself. If you want to start an organization, figure out what it is that you can do better than anybody else that you think. And that might be bridging people that have been through the same trauma you've been through. I've been through a lot in this group. So people know when I come and ask them, what you need? It ain't a question. It's basically they ask them, what you need? So what's up? So I can really is, what's up? Yeah. What's the next Like, what's up? Fifth interview, man, they told me, no, nah, I'm going to get fired. You know? All right. Let me see what I can do. When you see a kid, what's up? Uh -huh. All right. Take this 50 cents. Go get you something to eat real quick. This dollar. Do what you got to do. It'll be good. A lot of people aren't going to tell you their problem. Yeah. You don't have to come and pull it up. You good? They go say, yeah, you sure? Nah, you ain't all right. What's the matter with you? You can act that way because they know. Why am I out here on the corner? I'm not doing anything. Like, I know, and it's not pointing at I can really, like, we're not going to ask for GD programs. We're not going to ask for a washing dryer to wash our kids' clothes for uniform. But I know that a kid go to school and their uniform is dirty and somebody call them dirty in the classroom, they may terrorize that classroom the whole day. So it's not the, the one kid who got talked about, it's the other 29, 30 kids who are not getting the proper education, who are not getting the resources they're supposed to get. Because it's a situation that we could as a community could take care of. We know yes. that mom's struggling. We know that teacher don't got no supplies in there. All your blessings that you have is not for you. It's to show other people what it is. I don't live in this building. I don't lay my hand here. But it's going to provide a resting place, a comfortability. Bellies are going to be filled. And that's my work. I don't have nothing else for you. Yeah. That's why we're sitting in child care center. A lot of kids, people, I can't go get a job in you. I can't do anything because who gonna watch my kids? We got one for you. Go get that job in you. Now we can figure all this CCIS stuff. We can figure all that stuff out. Go get your job. Yeah. Go figure that out. Your kid, we got our background checks. We got all that stuff. We we got cameras in here, so you can feel, go take care of your business. This is the missing, I'm not gonna say missing piece, but this is the unheard voice that people don't talk about. Yeah, and that's so needed. Who is gonna make sure that these kids have food? No kid is gonna walk up to you and say, I didn't eat two days. No kid is gonna do that. But if you do a block party and you do a resource fair and you do community engagement and you do those things, you say, you know what, every event we do, we have no food left over. <laughs> Why is this? Yeah. Regardless of what we have, we have hot dogs, hamburgers, we have fruit salad, we have just cheese and crackers, we have, and it's gone. We have water, juice, soda, it's gone. The auto supply, Pico, water, DHS, all, it's gone. So people wanted this stuff? So it's not right. So you mean to tell that people actually want help? Yeah. Give them the plate and watch them eat. Exactly. We asked this question. 
the end of every podcast. If you could go back in time and tell the teenage version of yourself three things, what would you tell you and why? Three things. <laughs> Listen to your grandma meanwhile. But slowing down and listening would be one. Two is being patient with yourself. And I'm 36 now, but as a teenager, I didn't think I would live to this long. Because I thought I had to get everything done at that moment, at that time. I had to provide for my sister. I had to make sure my mom was all right. I had to make sure my family didn't try to take advantage of, of us or people take advantage of our family. But that's not your role. I'm not in a position to be a parent. Be patient. You don't have to rush yourself to show anything or to be more than what you are at that moment. You don't have to be the man of the house if you're 16, if you're 17. Have a conversation. I want to slow down. I want to enjoy life. I want to have a summer job. I want to go on my prom. Yeah. I want to graduate in a regular high school. You know, it's not normal to rush life because you'll miss out. And I guess the, the final thing, a lot of people question themselves. They question like what God put them here for, why they're in, in this thing called life. And you have to trust and believe in yourself. You have to understand that what you see on TV, social media, or hear on the radio is, is not you. Trust your word, trust who you are, then you'll be okay. And the, the greatest thing that I've ever found out was who Tyreek lost his last Yeah. You know, I'm not Grace Fairy, I'm not Fish Street, I'm not 27th Street, I'm not, I'm Tyreek Walter. That's all. Powerful. Well, I want to take a minute to send some love your way. I, I appreciate you so, so much. Being that light and being that model that that is sorely, sorely missing in the communities where we've grown up and where we come from. And you're literally walking the walk, talking the talk. You're, you're giving your everything. You're not expecting anything in return because you know who you are and you know you don't need anything in return because this is you. This is what you want. This is what's giving you that love. This is the reciprocity. If you can see your community grow, then you can go to sleep at night knowing that you're doing what you're put on this earth to do. And I appreciate you for that. How can we sign up for Young Transits Foundation? How can we get a hold of, of you? How can we social media, website? Well, you can contact us on social media. Uh, our Facebook is Young Chances, two words. And Instagram is Young Chances Foundation, all one word. Our phone number is 267-585-2923. And our email address is youngchancesfoundation at gmail.com. Our community engagement center that we have just opened up is on 2703 Tasker Street. We'll be open from 9 to 8. And we'll be doing some night activities, but that'll be more public safety and more crisis center um, driven to help the people who are out doing their nightly activities. It's just a mini station for help. Volunteers are always needed, but the only request that we have uh, for volunteers that come is understand that you're going to be giving more than you receive. Yeah, and this work, you know, it's I'm not gonna say it's it's hard, but you have to accept that it's not gonna be what you want today. Yeah, it's not gonna be what you see at the end. You know, a lot of people see the pictures and and they see like, oh, that's great. Yeah, but you know, you have to dissect a lot of stuff to to get there. And, and I respect 
every volunteer that comes past and, and helps because I know that they you know we don't have the financial stuff it's, it's, it's from the heart you know, any donation that they want to give they're a nonprofit, right so they're all tax tax write-offs I'd rather accept the labor than the conversation yes yeah. it lasts a little longer yeah it definitely does so one last question what's your definition of love definition of love is understanding communicating the peace and how you react to the negative love to me is, is showing people who don't have it beautiful thank you for your time thank you Thank you.